Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're as tight as I am! Yeah! Thirteen forty, KDLM, the station you can count on. This is the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Taco John's Taco Tuesday. Nine to ten cent hard shell beef tacos at Taco John's all day today. I'm back, baby. After uh, 145 holes of golf, I believe is what our group did from Thursday, Friday. No, yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Golfed uh, down in Altoona, Iowa, on the way down to Cameron, Missouri. If you've ever been, it's probably about the, the size of a Wadena or so. Basically, what we do with this with this golf trip every every March, we'll drive down south until we find a place where there are courses open, and we'll just we'll just camp up and and and, and golf. Uh, the place that we've we've been going has been Cameron, Missouri. They've they uh, they give us a deal for all day golf for thirty five bucks, and you can't beat that. At at all, and so we'll golf on the way down, set up camp in Cameron, do an all day golf at Cameron. We'll go do another course about half an hour away in a town called Lawson, Missouri. Then come back and do Cameron again the next day, and then we'll golf on the on the way home, which we didn't yesterday because it was raining in Missouri, and then we hit about uh, middle of Iowa, and boom, gorgeous skies. But we'd already committed to uh, to other things. Uh, I didn't golf particularly well. I did get a nice sunburn though. It was night, or maybe it's a wind burn. It was it was super windy. I mean, like the the best day that we had for golf was like sixty four degrees on Sunday, but like thirty mile an hour winds, and that's not how you uh, how you get your, your your golf score down. But no, it was it was a it was a lot of fun, and I'm ready for courses to start opening around here. I, I think I saw that the Holly course is open today, and as we get closer and drier and stuff like that. Golf definitely going to be hopping here in the Lakes area in a couple weeks. Here's what we got coming up on the show. Uh, we're, we're loaded up with guests today. News breaking right around 3 o'clock yesterday that the Gopher men's basketball team had hired a new head coach. Ben Johnson is his name. Assistant head coach at Xavier. Played college ball at the University of Minnesota. He's an alum. He's one of us. Uh, De La Salle, kid. And it's 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 great to see Ben Johnson back. We'll talk to Corey Heppola momentarily. We're getting Corey on the line here, uh, kind of in between his segments because he's on the air down at WCCO eight three zero in the Twin Cities. So we're going to kind of bounce and 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 and, and get, get Corey Heppola on. Corey played uh, against Ben Johnson, I believe, while he was in in Perm, or they they kind of lined up the same time. Second half of the sports wrap, we'll talk to Brandon Warren of Access Twins and AccessTwins.substack.com. To get his thoughts on some spring training stuff as the Twins get ready to uh, to open the season uh, in Milwaukee in, what, nine days? A week from Thursday, April 1st, in Milwaukee before the Twins return home to play in front of fans at Target Field for the first time 
in over a year. You can buy your tickets uh, beginning Thursday at 10 o'clock, I think, is when single-game single tickets go on sale for the first 17 home games of Minnesota Twins baseball. So we'll talk to Brandon Warren, second half of the sports wrap. But first, uh, I think we've got Corey Heppola on the line. Let's do our rewind here to talk about the Gophers hiring Ben Johnson yesterday. Rewind time. Joined on the phone this morning by Corey Heppola. He holds down, holds down 9 to noon on 830 WCCO down in the Twin Cities. Morning, Corey. How are you? Hey, Zeke. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, first off, how, how are you guys doing? How's the family? We haven't checked in with you guys since uh, I think you fell off a ladder last summer. What's 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 been going on with, <laughs> with, your, with your wrist? You, yeah. You're back fully healthy now? Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, yeah, 90, 95% strength, flexibility back. I don't really think about it. I got the scar. Um, there's just little things every now and then where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you just got to get used to it. But yeah, I don't, uh, it's, it's weird how, you know, the bodies, our bodies can heal like that. And all of a sudden you're just back to doing the the normal things again. It's kind of, it's a, it's truly a miracle, really. Yeah. Did it affect your jump shot at all? Uh, so I was left, you know, it's a, I'm a righty and this was oh, okay. when I broke my left hand okay. or my left wrist. So no, I can still, you know, I can still knock down 95% <laughs> free throws. I'm all good. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, speaking of free throws, uh, huge uh, news in Gopher basketball yesterday. Uh, Rich Richard Patino is gone. He's the new head coach at the University of uh, New Mexico. And now we brought in a new guy, a, a guy that was flying under the radar. We, we've heard the big names, uh, the familiar names for Gopher fans, uh, Musselman, Dutcher. Uh, but they bring in a guy who does have a history with this program. Tell us about Ben Johnson, the new head coach of the Gopher men's basketball program. Yeah, so Ben, if you are a, if you're a big Gophers fan... Um, you will know the name Ben Johnson. I, re- I actually was introduced to Ben. So he's one year older than me, and I remember watching him when he was at De La Salle in high school. Oh, nice. And in the state tournament, he beat Long Prairie Gray Eagle, who there were a couple kids on that team that I played in the summer with. And so I was you know, going down there. I was hoping that they would win, obviously, and, and cheering for them. And then watching Ben Johnson from De La Salle, just like, I think he dropped like 42 points, and you're like, wait a second, this guy's next level. And um, so even after that, I became like a fan. He was just, he was a really kind player and, and a, a good guy, three time team captain there and was, was all state Minnesota. And now he's tasked with doing the very thing that, that he did. He, he left Minnesota, went to Northwestern, chose mm-hmm. Northwestern over a bunch of schools, did not stay home. And that's going to be his biggest test now. Now, Ben did end up transferring back to the University of Minnesota, played here a couple of years, was a very good player here and was an assistant here in 2013 through 2018 before leaving to Xavier for three years, and now he's back as the head coach. But um, here's the thing that people need to know is that every good player that Minnesota has recruited and got uh, the last, I don't know, seven, eight years is because of Ben Johnson. Um, Amir Coffey, Daniel Oturu, uh, Jordan Murphy, all of those guys who are all-timers, three of them playing professionally, two of them in the NBA – is because of Ben Johnson. He is a talented recruiter. Um, he, he understands and speaks the Minnesota language, which I think is important. Richard Patino just, he just didn't, he just, I, I don't, it just didn't click. Um, you know, I think Richard's a fine guy, but he, you know, he didn't speak the Minnesota language, um, didn't really put a lot of effort into recruiting Minnesota kids as well. Mm-hmm. And that, and that matters and it matters to us. And, and I think that's how you build a stable program, especially when Minnesota basketball has never been better. Yeah, you look at the number of guys that have left during during Patino's 
tenure here. Uh, of course, we saw Jalen Suggs. He's got the Zags in the Sweet 16. You look at the at the Jones brothers, McKinley Wright, and the Colorado Buffaloes. L- let's talk a little bit about um, about Ben's uh, experience as a head coach. Uh, as t- to my knowledge, does not have any experience at the head coach level, at the collegiate level. He's He's been uh, with Xavier. That's where he's coming from. He's got some time with the Gophers. Other than the recruiting aspect of bringing Ben Johnson back to Minnesota, what are some pros and cons of having him as the uh, the main guy on the bench for the Gophers? That's the biggest question mark, is he's not been a head coach at any level. Um, and so... Will, you know, his basketball knowledge, has he been prepared enough? Is he ready? I mean, every head coach goes through that um, because you've got to, the first time you're a head coach is the first time you're a head coach, right? I mean, but for many, it starts at a lower level. So I think that's going to be the biggest question. So to me, it is going to be vitally important who you see who his assistants are because any good coach, any good head coach will tell you, I hire great assistants who accentuate my weaknesses. So I may be good at this and this and this, but there's going to be an area where I'm not good at. So having an experienced assistant, um, there's been a couple of rumors that his head coach at De La Salle, um, who's really plugged in, um, who is now the top assistant at Colorado State, and he's been at Drake and stuff like that too. But uh, Dave Thorson, um, I, I don't know if that happens. If it does, I will think this is a slam dunk because Dave is, is really energetic, very plugged in. He would also be that kind of, kind of a calming force with Ben, um, you know, to, to help get him settled um, in his first head coaching job. So I, I think that's going to be vitally important is to see who he brings in as an assistant. Oh, guys, that, that Gophers fans were kind of clamoring for. Uh, Porter Mosier, uh, Chicago Loyola being one of those guys. Uh, I saw an article this morning that Brian Dutcher uh, has, has had, had no intention of leaving SDSU. Eric Musselman uh, would have been a fun guy to get as as well, but... I, I'm kind of digging this this Ben Johnson. I didn't know a lot about him right away, but but the more I'm learning about Ben, I think he's going to be the right fit for this team. What do you think? Well, I hope so. Um, you know, you never know. There's a there's a ton of variables that also play into factor there too. I mean, there's things that are outside of his control. I, I think all, all he can do is control what he can control. I think what'll be important. I think his top priority will be to repair the relationships here in Minnesota um, because this is a hotbed for college basketball. And if he can do that, and, and, and just look at, like, look at like what Wisconsin does, or, or even Iowa and how they have success. They have guys because they always have juniors and seniors. Mm-hmm. You know, they have juniors and seniors who, okay, then those guys graduate. Well, then they, you know, they're getting three, four-year players. And then, then those have new guys replace them. There are tons of kids here in Minnesota who maybe they don't play as freshmen or sophomores much. But by junior, senior, they're going to be good players. And, and I think those are the guys that Patino really ignored. And, look, we, we, can't, we can't convince ourselves. There's not going to be anybody that keeps everybody home. Jalen Suggs is not going to stay here, right? No, I mean, no. Trey Jones, Tyus Jones, they're not going to stay here. So we can't put our maroon and gold glasses on and think, oh, okay, well, now everything will change. No, we get that. But it's the other guys. McKinley Wright wanted to be here. He wanted to be here, and Richard Patino um, thought Isaiah Washington from New York was a better fit and and when mckinley had his visit he he basically threw shade at him and and lost him and look mckinley writes a four-year player going to have his number retired in the rafters at colorado he should have been here like but also think of the ripple effect that that takes place all of a sudden here in minnesota we're like whoa he didn't treat one of our kids you know right like mckinley right and and look what happened Kids talk, coaches talk. It is important to repair those relationships and start getting those McKinley rights to stay home. 
David Roddy who's at Colorado State, the, that he should be playing at home. Like it's those guys that you know, maybe not all of them are going to play as a freshman, but they're going to be good players, and it also then helps you get other good players from Minnesota, and that's your base. That's where you build that stability, and then you go and get other players from elsewhere too, but it's, it's repairing those relationships, and I think Ben can do that. Yeah, I think Isaiah Washington is like his, his third team in three years, like, like Long Beach State or something crazy like that is where he is, yeah. is, where he is now. Yeah, that didn't exactly... Uh, uh, work out. Uh, Will Cheddar is another guy that comes to mind. A, a guy that's uh, Chip Scott yeah. is with the Strib wrote a fantastic article about about his. He's a hardworking farm kid. No social media. Should have been easy pickings for the Gophers, but he's going to like Michigan or something next year, right? Yeah, Will Cheddar is a classic. Another great story. I'm glad you brought him up. He's a guy. Yes, no social media. Doesn't do AAU yet. He is a Division One recruit. How did you not even recruit him? Like, he's in your backyard. No one else would know about yeah, him. Yeah, from Stewartsville. Like, yeah. Yes, and no one else would know about him. So those are the type of kids, too, where it's like we should not be missing on those kids. Like, of course you'd want to play here. Like, I think his parents are NDSU uh, alums. And, and so it just, like, those are the things. And, and what happened here is that Minnesota didn't even recruit. They don't. We just under Patina. They just didn't spend enough time here. They they didn't spend enough time. There are all these kids that um, didn't get recruited. Wisconsin had six kids in from Minnesota on their roster, and and you know what? None of them were recruited by Minnesota until after Wisconsin and everyone else is recruiting them. You just can't do that. We've seen a number of hires from Mark Coyle now since he's taken over as uh, athletic director. P.J. Fleck being one of those guys. Lindsey Whalen uh, running things for the the women's side of the Gopher basketball program. But one thing we've noticed about Fleck is he likes to bring in more uh, inexperienced coaches rather than going for that main slam dunk big name hire. I mean, Whalen, uh, huge name in Minnesota, played for the Gophers, led the Lynx to a number of championships, no head coaching experience at the collegiate level. P.J. Fleck had some mid-major head coaching experience with kind of a, a, an unproven guy on the rise, but not that big name higher. And so then you, now you're passing up on guys like Porter Mosier and Eric Musselman and Brian Dutcher and, and, and guys like that. The, the big question I'm seeing is, is looking at the, the potential candidates and Ben Johnson's name not really being on the forefront of this not exactly the, the the sexiest name out there in terms of bringing in somebody to turn this program around. And so the question becomes this. There has been some pressure from Twin Cities media for the Gophers to make a uh, a diverse minority hire. Do you think that guys like Porter Mosier and Musselman and, and, and Dutcher, the more familiar, big-named guys out there, there was some pressure on Mark Coyle to make a diverse minority hire. Do you think that had any impact on the hiring process, or do you think that Mark Coyle has 100% faith that Ben Johnson is the right guy for this job? You know, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I think the optics of it look like, and I think I've heard a lot of people say, well, see, you, you, you know, you had to make a, a diverse hire. Um, I personally... Um, I have no idea if that, you know, factored into Mark Boyle's decision. I have no idea. Um, to me, it's not about making one hire and, you know, patting yourself on the back and saying, see, we're equal opportunity here. Like, that's not the issue. The issue needs to be how do we, and this doesn't just go for sports or college basketball. This goes for every organization. It's not about, all right, how do we, we create an equal and diverse workplace um, 
or by hiring one person. It is by a system. So it's not just hiring one person and making yourself feel good, like, oh, we, we did this. See, we're an equal opportunity. I mean, the Gophers have hired, you know, black coaches before. We, mm-hmm. We've had, um, you know, we had we were one of the first Big Ten teams to have a black quarterback. And so, like, but it's not about that. It's about the system. It's about, okay, we need to be grooming people um, from different backgrounds at the, at the smaller level, you know, at the lower level, because that's how people typically get jobs. And that's why you have people who are in line for jobs is because they've been groomed at a lower level. So it's a structural thing that needs to happen, not just in athletics, but in, in really every single organization. And that's one thing that's happened this past year that I've really been impressed with and, and happy with is that people and companies have been looking more internally and have said, all right, you know what, we need a, a um, diversity and equity inclusion um, role here so that we can look at this and say, why are we not hiring um, uh, people from, from different backgrounds? And, and by the way, when you do that, there are a lot of research that shows, like, guess what? Having different people from different backgrounds and different thoughts and different, different perspectives, you, you have a more, a more efficient and, and proficient workplace mm-hmm. um, and, and company. So I think that we've, we've come to a place, and, and I'm kind of getting off track here, but this is, I think we've come to a place where I know how the optics look, but I think that, I don't think that this was just, uh, you know, the Star Tribune did an article, and I've, I've got to do this because of right. that. I, I really don't. I, I don't see that at all. Dr. Corey Heppler, A3OWCCO. Corey, if someone's finding you on social media, where can they find you at? Uh, just Corey Heppel on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and, and of course, uh, we, we do a lot of, we can do a lot of videos too on WCCORadio.com and, and on Facebook, Twitter there as well. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thanks for your time, Corey. We'll chat again soon. Awesome. Great to catch up. Corey Heppler from A3OWCCO joining us on The Wrap today. Coming up next, we'll talk to Brandon Warren from Access Twins to get his thoughts on uh, what's been going on with the Twins the last couple weeks and uh, what they still need to do with uh, opening day, nine days from today, Twins open the regular season in Milwaukee on April 1st. Brandon Warren from Access Twins joining me next on The Wrap. I'm Steve Weissman with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. It's another giant free agent signing in New York as former Titans corner Adoree Jackson is joining the Giants on a three-year deal worth $39 million. This according to NFL Network Insider Ian Rappaport. Injuries limited the former first-round pick to just 14 games the past two seasons. Meantime, NFL Network's Mike Silver reports the Packers are trying to clear cap space to become more active in free agency by restructuring the contract of Aaron Rodgers. Silver adds that the terms changed in the deal could give an idea of Green Bay's long-term commitment to the quarterback. In other news, the Niners re-signed starting safety Jaquaski Tart to a one-year deal, while the Raiders gave new starting center Andre James a three-year, $12 million extension. And the Colts are signing former Chargers starting left tackle Sam Tevy as a potential blindside protector for Carson Wentz. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. What's in store right now at your local Staples? Your one-stop shop for shipping solutions. Staples has everything your business needs to ship, like packing materials, mailers, and UPS shipping services. And now, get 20% off UPS Express shipping services at Staples. Plus, buy two, get one free on decorative shipping supplies. Staples can even help you customize your shipping materials to create a memorable unboxing experience for customers. Staples, your total shipping solution. In-store only. Ends 4-3-21. Exclusion supply. While supplies last. The push to the 2021 NFL Draft is on. 
And it all starts with Pro Days. The top prospects from the top schools put to a final test. Get a glimpse of the next generation of NFL stars. Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, Zach Wilson, score! Everyone's watching, and NFL Network is here for it. Who will become a star on Pro Day and move up on Draft Day? That's a touchdown for Justin Fields. Pro Days, over 90 schools, all month long on NFL Network. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and, you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do. I'm really proud that we get to help shape the future. And I know that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride. And they're just out there doing something every day and then serving their country as well. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. T-shirts, dogs, and beer. Okay, not really beer, but Lake Shirts is still an awesome place to work. You'll see dogs roaming the halls, and every day at Lake Shirts is casual Friday. But just don't take our word for it. Apply it today at blue84.com and see for yourself why life's better in a T-shirt. Detroit Lakes weather. Here's your KDON weatherology forecast. Cloudy skies in store for today with a chance for rain into the afternoon. High temperatures working up into the lower 50s. And for tonight, rain could mix with some light snow late. will drop back to a lower 33. For Wednesday, a mixture of rain and snow showers in the morning. Then a slight chance for rain lingering into the early afternoon with highs up to 42. Finally back with some sunshine Thursday in the middle 40s. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Taco John's Taco Tuesday. Ninety-nine cent hard shell beef tacos at Taco John's all day today. Joined on the phone for a Twins Tuesday by Brandon Warren from Access Twins. You can find him online at accesstwins.substack.com. Morning, Brandon. How are you today? Hey, not too bad. How are you? Doing well. Uh, twins uh, opening day is like what a, a little over a week away now. A week from. Th- Thursday is is it already that soon? Yeah, it's. I know spring training feels like kind of a marathon, but it's coming yeah. up on us here pretty quick, which is pretty exciting. It, I think it means that we're not going to get too much more snow here. Hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, the the Minnesotan in me says, uh, well, we, we've seen snow. I, I think there has been measurable snowfall in every month in Minnesota except like August. So so never say. Never say never. Let's let's start with the, with the, with spring training and, and just the, the 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 marathon, like like you said. I, I know for like the NFL, every off season, there's always talk of of reducing the exhibition season, you know, cutting it in half. Should baseball consider doing that too? Because it feels like we've been in spring training forever now. Yeah, a lot of players I talk to say that it's just too much. It's mm-hmm. eyewash. A lot of the things that they work on are unnecessary. The biggest issue is ramping pitchers up, and you know we saw Jose Barrios go up towards that 75 pitch mark yesterday, and so 
it's probably one more start for each guy to get them in the mix of 90 to 100. And so in that way, it's probably okay to have spring training this long. But if they could ramp guys up more quickly, I think that that would probably be conducive to ending spring training maybe a, a week or two earlier, which would certainly help uh, a lot of these guys not feel overtaxed down there in Florida and Arizona. Yeah, I know the, the the spring training season does benefit a number of guys still fighting for that final 26 spots. The the the, the main the, the starting lineup for the Twins looks pretty set. We know Kent and Maeda going to get the opening day start in Milwaukee a week from Thursday. That lines up Jose Barrios to start the home opener on the the 8th of April. Let's talk about some other some questions that I that I've, I have with the opening day lineup. Uh, I, I've seen Jorge Polanco's had some injury stuff going on. He's slated to be the second baseman on opening day. Uh, questionable to start opening day. Then he was back in the lineup against Atlanta yesterday. What's going on with Jorge Polanco? Yeah, he's looking like he's ready to go. I think it. You know, there's questions of if he would be able to, and he's dealt with some injuries here, especially with his ankles too. Uh, the last couple years had some surgery to clean that out. I think he's good, ready to go, and it'll be interesting to see how well he plays defensively at second base. He's you know, a little little shaky at short, and so they went ahead and shored that up by getting Angleton Simmons, probably the best defensive shortstop alive. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to be fun to see how Polanco acclimates to second base, assuming he's 100% ready to go, and I get the sense that that's where he's going to be when it comes to opening day here pretty soon. Had a bit of a throwback in the game. I forget which game it was, but Miguel Sano started at third base. Are they looking to get him more reps at third base as, as a depth thing, or, or what's uh, what's Miguel doing on the left side of the infield? Yeah, it sounds like even if it's just as a backup option or a fallback option, because Alex Kirilov can come in and play first base, and they do need some insurance for if Josh Donaldson's calves act up or if he just needs a little more time to come along slowly early in the season. And they also have Luis Arise who can – move around a little bit. So they've they've got some backup options at third base for Donaldson. But I think it's a good idea to have Sano in the mix there. It never hurts to keep a guy moving around, keep him active. And, you know, it's it's kind of like riding a bike. You don't forget how to do it. But still, it's it's good to stay in shape over there. Let's talk about starting left field. Uh, one, one guy we hope we don't see in, in the outfield would be Miguel Sano. We remember how that experiment went a couple of years ago. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, let, let's, let's, talk, let's talk left field. Uh, who do you think is the opening day starter in Milwaukee next week? Rooker or Kirilov getting the opening day start? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's still a toss-up. I would lean Kirilov, but they could justify that he hasn't swung it too great this spring to send him back to St. Paul and go with Rooker or Jake Cave. And, or even Kyle Garlick, I think, could be in the mix as well, uh, if not to start in uh, getting a roster spot. That last spot on the bench is kind of contested between Garlick and Blankenhorn and, and Astadio, who I think a lot of people want to see win it. So uh, as far as starting in left field, I'm hoping it's Kirilov. I'm half expecting it's him. But if it's Rooker, it would not be terribly surprising because he's been really swinging it well this spring. Let's talk about some guys that are fighting for that uh, that that final spot on the the twenty six man roster, which is is weird to say. I'll, I'll go through a couple names here. Let's let's start with a guy like J T. Riddle. What are some pros of having a guy like Riddle on the opening day roster? Well, he's got big league experience and he's played all over. And teams like that, if you're a twenty six guy, I mean, A. Ray Adrianza was probably what you would consider their back of the bench guy last year, or even Marwin Gonzalez. So. Teams like that versatility. He played literally everywhere last year. He didn't catch. He didn't pitch. He played everywhere else. So the you know the Marlins like to run him out there kind of all over the place. So he's got some value. I think the fact that he's a non-roster guy hurts him in this case. But 
if he remains in the organization, I'd say there's a fairly good chance he plays in the big leagues at some point this season. Another guy that can play all over. He he has caught. He's even pitched. Willens Ostadio fighting for that final spot. Uh, what what do you like about Willens making the, the the final roster on opening day? Yeah, I kind of feel like he's got the leg up. The catching doesn't hurt, even though with uh, with Jefferson Garver it probably wouldn't be much of a factor. But it just allows for more flexibility, and he doesn't embarrass himself anywhere else defensively. And I think I even saw him playing some right field the other day. So I think that bodes well for him, probably bringing up the back of that bench and. It's uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch because obviously he does a lot of things guys his size usually don't. Another uh, a fun guy to to, to watch uh, has, has been Keon Broxton in his comeback trail. Uh, experienced veteran outfielder on a, a team that seems to be to be loaded on outfield depth. Do you think that Keon Broxton makes the final twenty six? No, I don't. But I think he's again a guy who can really help them if if they need at some point this season. Plays a really good center field, has some pop. It's just been a matter of putting things together for him the last two years, and he hasn't done that. And then he didn't even play in the big leagues last year. So I don't see him making the opening day roster. I don't know if he's got an opt-out. I would assume a guy with his big league tenure probably has an opt-out. But if he hangs around, he's got a good chance to help them this year too, just like Riddle. Look at the the the, the fifth spot in that rotation. We know it's going to be Maeda. We know it's going to be Barrios, followed by uh, Pineda, and Jay Happ, the, the the fifth spot. Who are you leading towards the fifth starter? Would you go uh, a guy like Lewis Thorpe, Devin Smelter, or maybe somebody else? Maybe the uh, the, the Schumacher guy. Yeah, I'm going uh, Matt Schumacher. I think he's uh, I think he's got the the leg up. They don't have a ton of money invested in him, but I don't think that means they don't think he can be good. I think it's just a matter of he needs to prove he's healthy, and he hasn't been the last few years. But he's got good stuff. It's been a struggle to keep the ball in the ballpark for him the last few years. And you can say that about Jay Happ, too. And it sounds like Happ might be coming along a little slower with the COVID stuff. So maybe Lewis Thorpe is a piggyback for him or something like that. So the the back spots are going to be kind of fluid. Obviously, we'd be remiss not to mention Randy Dobnak with how good he's been at the beginning of his career. Uh, you know, there's certainly questions of if he can keep it up. But if the strikeout stuff that he's been flashing a bit this spring is for real, then he might be the favorite to get the most starts out of all the guys that are kind of in that stable for, for even fourth starter, but definitely the fifth spot. Twins back in action this afternoon, taking on Pittsburgh. Uh, what are some things that you're watching for in these final spring training games, other than that that battle for the, the final roster spots? Yeah, just seeing how some guys separate themselves. And at this point in the spring, I think we're kind of past guys who are working on stuff, and now they're just trying to work themselves into game shape and, doing more things sequencing-wise as far as pitchers. You know, early on, maybe you're getting your fastball command, maybe you're working on a breaking ball. Right now, these results, to me, probably are a little bit more indicative of where guys are at to start the season. So, for me, it's just a little bit more enjoyable. I don't mind watching the prospects, but the number 88s and 89s, to me, is just not compelling (laughs) baseball at this time of year. Yeah, and is that a a reason why you think that Major League Baseball should shorten the the spring training because we're we're getting Griff Jacks on the mound for the for the Twins starting today. Is, is that kind of a, yeah. a waste of everyone's time, or should we just just jump into things here? Well, I mean, I think he's kind of a guy who's a fringe big leaguer in the future, kind of like Alex Wimmers before him or someone like that. But yeah, you know, if you can speed along and get guys wrapped up, uh, the the reason they probably wouldn't is because it's a vacation destination in these cities. And teams make money, so mm-hmm. it's like cutting down commercial breaks. It's probably just not going to happen because of that. But I think you're on the right track as far as yeah, we don't need to see Griffin Jacks pitch today necessarily. 
Brandon, someone wants to find your stuff online, where can they find you at? AccessTwins.substack.com or at Brandon underscore Warren on Twitter. Awesome. Sounds great. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Go Twins. We'll chat again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude. All right. Thanks again to Corey Heppela from A3OWCCO and Brandon Warren of Access Twins for joining me on The Wrap today. If you want to go back and listen to any of the stuff you may have missed, you can do so momentarily online at KDLMRadio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Broadcast schedule today looks like this. It's going to be weird not having March Madness on today. That returns this weekend, but we do have some uh, some high school madness going on tonight. Laker girls playoff basketball. The final winter sports team standing for Detroit Lakes. They are in the Section 8-3-A semifinals. A rematch against a Bemidji Lumberjack squad that uh, Coach Rachel Johnson's team beat earlier at home this year in a thriller. You can catch that game tonight on KDLM 7:15 or excuse me 6:45 pregame show 7 o'clock tip off from the Ralph Anderson Gymnasium Laker Girls Playoff Basketball. If they win, I believe they are in the section championship game, which will be held on Friday at the High Seed Laker Girls Basketball tonight versus Bemidji Playoffs on KDLM. Find that full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. We've got a, a, a an action packed. Guest-filled week remaining uh, on the sports wrap, making up for some lost time with me uh, on vacation the last handful of days. Tomorrow, a, a another double guest Wednesday. We'll start with Cal Soderquist with the Timberwolves. Wolves lose last night, even though uh, they were favored in that one. Wolves take on a, a a Houston Rockets team later this week that's lost twenty straight games. Wolves should be favored in that one. Uh, as well, I would imagine. We'll talk to Cal Soderquist tomorrow, as well as Alexis Pearson with the the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Uh, I feel like every time we talk to Alexis, the sky is falling in terms of Minnesota Wild Hockey. They're always they've always lost like two of three or three of four, having winning streaks snapped and stuff like that. We'll talk to Alexis from the Bar Down Beauties podcast tomorrow as well. Thursday, we've got Laker boys hockey coach Ben Noah lined up to kind of put some final thoughts. On the Laker boys hockey season, uh, definitely not ending the way they hoped it would with their playoffs being shut down because of a COVID-19 outbreak in that locker room. And then Friday, we'll be joined uh, by Matthew Collar from Purple Insider talking some Vikings free agent football. We've got uh, Patrick Peterson. The the ink is dry on the Peterson contract. Uh, I know he's a good golf buddy of Adam Thielen. And so we'll we'll get some uh, inside scoop on what's going on with Vikings free agency, retooling that defense, and if and when the Vikings is going to put uh, any invest in that offensive line, Matthew Collar from PurpleInsider.com going to join us on Friday here on the Sports Wrap. You're in tune to KDLM Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. It's 10 o'clock. Off the record with Zeke begins after CBS News.